everyone, this is Tony Holbein from Growblox. You are listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, Mikkel and I are talking about how to expand to a new market, but in a super scrappy way, so you don't need to waste too much cash on it. Enjoy. So what are you going to get your wife for Christmas? Oh, you're going to ask that now. I'm not... I mean, this episode is going to air after. So I got her a sweater. Sounds so boring, but uh, I got her a ton of other stuff as well, and uh, she wanted it. She needs a sweater. She needs a sweater in her She's life. She's freezing. Yeah, exactly. She's so freezing. I got her one. <laughs> <laughs> I gave her warmth. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what did you get your wife? <laughs> well, I will know by the time this episode <laughs> airs. <laughs> Someone will have taken care of it. No, but I also discussed it with her. She's like, I also don't have anything for you yet. So it's nah. like, you feel you feel a little bit less bad. Yeah, it know? takes pressure off. That's yeah. good. That's good. It's also like at this point in time, you know, what do you really need? And it's such a luxury thing to say, but what do you really need more, most, more of in your life? It's like, it's not things. I can tell you that. It's like time would be great. Sleep. I oh, would love that. Sleep would be great. <laughs> such a great gift. Yeah. You know what? It could just be a card saying, honey, you know what I got you? A weekend off. I'm going to take the kids, go to Sweden, stay here, sleep. There's beer in the fridge. Enjoy. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I love wow. you. Yeah. <laughs> Can I marry you again? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so speaking of going to Sweden. Yeah. Wow. In well today's done. episode. <laughs> she is. We, we are going to talk about going to another country. We're going to talk about expanding to a new market, yeah. but in a more scrappy way. Because I think the environment kind of dictates it. That is not going to be the big, flashy <laughs> investment that you do, right? That's it. And then over to you. <laughs> so going into a new market, everyone is thinking it's super expensive, mm. right? Oh, you need to open up a new office. You need to hire these people. And Cup super machines. risky. Is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? Yeah, yeah. You're going to fail. Um, and um, I, think, I think when you are listening and you're in the U.S., um, you know, going to a new market that's like, super late in your um in, in the company's lifetime and then the first market you go to is like either australia or it's the uk yeah ireland okay, not, where the taxes not, are. not not too far away yeah, yeah. You need to speak our language otherwise yeah. it's weird <laughs> 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 however when you're here in europe uh you and especially when you're in denmark by the way who, who doesn't know it but denmark has like six million people yeah <laughs> it's a small market it's, a, it's basically um you know the i don't know it's new york plus Hoboken or something like that. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like it's a yeah. very, very small kind of place here. Uh, you basically are forced to go into a new market pretty early on. Yeah. Um, and you also don't have the luxury to scale your team and be like, okay, let's have 20 reps. And then once you have 20 reps, you kind of bracket them into the SMB and commercial and enterprise. Mm. No, uh, you won't be able to have 20 reps in Denmark for most businesses. Mm. So before you, before you even reach 20 reps, you have... Five in Germany, yeah. Uh, seven in the UK, and you know whatever left in the Nordics, right? And and uh, as much as you want to cut by segment, because that's really important, right? It's the career ladder. Also, it's like more expensive resource and so forth, mm. and more specialized. You have to cut by language first. Mm. There's just no way around it, right? So, and since it's super early for us in the lifetime to enter into a new market, you also can't make it a super big bet or something like that. You don't have the money for that. Yeah. And that's why we wanted uh, to talk a bit about how do you expand into a new market in a scrappy 
kind of way,、mm. which I think you know fits the times to a degree. But also, why should you do it even in the first place? Yeah.、Michael? Why why should you go into a new market? Well, you need to you need to find ways to grow. Period.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and、uh, you need to assess whether this can be one. But if we're talking about some of the benefits of opening up in another market, you know, I remember when we opened up first U.S. My slack time extended.、Mm-hmm. You know, would, oh, that's would sit、benefit. at night. <laughs> that was the downside. But then when Australia opened, I just went you know crazy because then it was twenty four seven, right? But the benefit actually is. That all of a sudden you get more coverage, right? So think about having a rep in one time zone servicing leads in another. By default, you will have to wait for that rep to wake up in order to process the lead. And we all know that you know the faster you can pick up the phone and reach an inbound, the more chan- you know higher chances are you're going to convert that into a meeting、yeah. and into a customer. So could you just hire someone in the Philippines to do that? I'm not so sure. Yeah, depends on what you're selling. So、probably. I think there's you know a couple of upsides. One is existing demand in the market.、Mm-hmm. So you know you might be in the U.S., you might be selling nationally, and all of this is great. But being able to tap into some other markets sometimes comes with some additional scaffolding you need to build. You can't just、uh, have Customers in Germany suddenly because well you can't speak the language、mm. that's difficult and you know Germans and you need a business card Germans and French people、mm. they don't speak English <laughs> you know、um, and the next thing is、uh, you need to service them also so you need to be somewhere on the time zone there etc etc right so these things if you jump over that barrier、uh, barrier of entry entry barrier barrier to entry barrier to entry when you jump over that、uh, you basically can access the existing demand that's in the market already right yeah. And、um, I think another thing is, and you mentioned this previously when we kind of just chatted about this episode, is、um, you become a little bit more legit for that market. Oh yeah. So when when I was able to not send out order forms from a, a Falcon IO APS, so APS <laughs> is kind of the the Danish version of a limited. Yeah. But I actually could send it from an ink. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was looking at this APS things like, is this company legit? <laughs> <laughs> they seem big and it's good product, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, this this is scam,、um, yeah. and and rightly so. People, yeah, yeah. people should be thinking this. And you know, once you have an ink, that's great. Once you have a, an actual you know address、uh, somewhere in the U.S., that's great, and so forth. Right, and the same goes for Germany. Yeah,、um, if you have like a GmbH, yeah, it's the same thing as a limit. Kind of people people recognize and see that, and and I think then there's another like. Almost serendipity coming out of this. So you you are in the market, you bump into more people.、Mm. Suddenly something happens and so forth.、Yeah. Um, and those those upsides you wouldn't be able to unlock otherwise, right?、No. I think very rarely is the real reason why you expand is because you're you're running out of TAM. I think very rarely that's really the case. Sure, Denmark maybe that's that's a thing. Um, but otherwise, when the US, when you're in Germany, when you're in UK, yeah, I mean rarely. Yeah, let's just say it like that, right? So it's really、um, you can also think about it like、um, it's a start of a new S curve to、yeah. degree. It's a start of、um, ah, okay, now in this country I can run Google Ads, which is super cheap、uh, in the beginning, right? Yeah.、Um, there are a couple of those reasons which basically new markets unlock for you. So you get, I would say, you get a bit of a boost in the beginning. Yeah. And then, then it transitions into the normal. Uh, the normal process that you would see, and yes, there's a little bit of a product market fit, go to market fit question,、uh, totally.、Um, and you need to, you know, you need to figure out how can you remove that risk. How、mm. can you not do all the investments 
and then basically kind of realize, oh, you know, we have a big product market fit issue here because I don't know, privacy features missing or something. Yeah, so yeah. All my servers, all servers are in like, yeah. you know, in the US. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm trying to sell to Germany. Yeah. That's not going to work, by the way. Um, and you know, you you find out these things. So how can you hedge yourself against running into those silly issues that basically kind of take the product market go to market fit away, right? Yeah. I think another another cool thing is also you will probably see a lot of the processing metrics increase if you nail it. Yeah. Actually, but uh, let's get let's get into the solution mode. So how do you do it in a scrappy way? Yes. Um, so what I've done a few times now is you just open up that new market without doing anything about it. Mm. So step number one, you hire a couple of reps or repurpose existing reps. And depending on time zone issues, you start having them sell into the new market. Yeah. So what we did um, at one company is we basically had reps starting at, I think, 2 p.m. or 1 p.m. And then had the regular hours until 8, yeah. 8 p.m., something like that. And that then meant that uh, they had some quite nice overlap with the U.S. Mm. They basically had 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern time overlap until, you know, late afternoon. Yeah. And they could, they started doing outbound. They started doing, you know, running those uh, deals. Um, we could then put some ads live in the U.S. Mm. Once we started to sign some customers, we then had some CS reps that also came in late and so forth. It it worked to a degree. It wasn't great. No. It was not great for morale for those folks. No. Um, also really difficult to crack open a new market with uh, Rasmus and Anas and, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> from an APS. And, yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, but that basically kind of allowed us to, it allowed us to just test and check out, can can we do this? Yeah, kind yeah. of Does our outbound motion work in the US? Yeah. Do our ads that we put up online for inbound, does that actually work out? Um, and I think we did this, I would say three months, maybe a little bit longer. We had all kinds of fancy board targets we wanted to achieve. We wanted to kind of sign X amount of lighthouse customers, meaning mm. like, you know, like a really recognizable brand. Yeah. We totally didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't achieve it. And uh, then at some point, we uh, basically made the decision to open up a tiny office. Mm. We jumped on something that resembled a WeWork. At that point, WeWork wasn't a big thing yet. Yeah. Um, we did Lemon Squeeze. <laughs> oh, Mick, those Mick were if the you days. hear it, kind of those those were the days. I still have one one of the lemon squeeze mugs uh, <laughs> at home, by the way. And um, we basically kind of then hired four SDRs. Yeah. And uh, our head of sales, one of the head of sales uh, from Europe, basically kind of went there for a year. Yeah. That's kind of how that fully fully started, and it was like four SDRs and one or two AEs or something like this. Yeah. And then we just started. Uh, at that point, we stopped the we stopped this kind of shifted time zone operation in Denmark because it just doesn't it yeah. wasn't the right thing anymore. And then for a year, we just tried to figure this out, right? And it was I'm not sure if we spent like a million dollars on this, but it's only a million dollars, yeah, honestly, right? Um, and it sounds sounds a lot maybe for some, but uh, you know, it's probably the cheapest budget you can have uh, in entering the U.S. basically, right? And um, that that proved out pretty successful in the beginning. Kind of, we were able to build a little bit of a beachhead there. You know, we started to have a Delaware Incorporated Inc. Mm. Uh, we had a, a post box, post office kind of thing there. We had uh, an office. We had 
people that were called Joe and yeah. <laughs> and Jack. American sounding and Bob. names. Yeah. Um, so all of these things helped out quite a lot. And uh, then I think the next phase really was um, the head of sales then went back. Mm. Also family reasons. And I think he became a dad in between and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, it was really good. Um, I moved over there. And then we hired local leadership. Yeah. Which was, I think, a big unlock. Kind of yeah. that's the big unlock next step. Um, and then local leadership also brings a lot of like, oh, no, you can't do it like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so f I mean, we had like, there's so many stupid things that are happening. For example, um, paychecks in the US. Yeah. If you don't know this, everyone is basically paid um, uh, bi-weekly. Yeah. So it gets a paycheck every two weeks uh, because they spend everything immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait a, yeah, a whole yeah. month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and we were basically like, no, we're only paying like monthly. And they were like, no, this is not how this works. Yeah. And, so, um, and a couple of other of those things, basically, which was um, which was pretty pretty good to kind of know them. Um, and then also just adapting to how selling works in the US. Yeah. You know, local leadership is great for something like that. right? And I think we went for a, a very talented director of sales. Uh, I think it was... I mean, he's definitely not listening, uh, but uh, I think it was a bit of a stretch assignment uh, and he totally nailed it. Yeah. Kind of, he kind of grew this whole thing. And then, you know, once you have a couple of people in on the sales team, then you have a couple of people then in, uh, in support and in CS mm. and suddenly it was a full-on satellite office. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even then to the degree that we had, uh, I mean, myself, I was there, but also uh, we hired then a CFO there, right? And yeah. suddenly that became a real... Not not a similar size part to the European operation, but like sizable, right? Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. it got its own little uh, piece in the dashboard and and, and everything, mm. right? And I think this this way of of opening a market, I think, is actually pretty straightforward and pretty cheap. I think we did it very capital efficiently. So I want to double back to something you mentioned because you said, "Hey, the next wave was kind of hiring, you know, those leaders there." What was kind of the deciding moment what was the in, what, what's the indication kind of to look for that okay now it's time to bring on those folks i think once you have removed your main risks meaning product market fit and go-to-market fit mm. i think then you can think about just hiring kind of the leader because that's usually then the expensive ticket also right yeah um and uh, and in our case it was very natural because the head of sales was a one-year um, assignment basically kind of that came to a close yeah um, and then we need to replace that right and and for us it was kind of super straightforward to do exactly that and uh, and I think for for others I think the the thinking needs to be product market and go to market fit what I would really really recommend is send someone over from the mothership send someone over that has gone through some of the product market fit go to market fit motions early on which was the case with that head of sales he was basically our first sales rep mm. And um, the the reason is, if you put in local leadership that basically kind of give them the playbook, I'll execute the playbook, they might just you know run this into the wall, right? You need to do a little bit of tweaking and adjusting. Yeah. I would even recommend for the for the CEO to go over there for a long while, because there's a lot of figuring out that needs to happen, and you can't just outsource that figuring out to the account executives, right? It doesn't you know it doesn't work like that. Um, so I think. That is pretty important that you nail that. And I think once you're nailing it or once you're kind of fairly certain that, well, you haven't optimized it yet, but it 
it works. Yeah. Then kind of getting on uh, um, local leadership is, I think, extremely. Yeah. Uh, that, that's probably the next best step. Yeah. I think it's also interesting because one of the the things I've picked up on from some of the other companies I've heard of moving, for example, to US or elsewhere, they would hire someone who built up the office. And then all of a sudden it's a separate kind of company, a different identity and mm -hmm. culture, and it starts clashing more so than meshing mm -hmm. in a good way with the, the home uh, operations. I think that that happens. I think every office has its own culture. Mm. You could also have two offices in Copenhagen and there would be different cultures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the time delay, the time zone stuff, different backgrounds from people, I think that's not helping. But um, uh, that is, I mean, there are then things, you know, at what time and day are you going to have your all hands? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, Team and, meetings, I remember, and, was the issue. So, like, yeah, oh, and, man. And that gets exasperated by, you know, let me tell you the, the APEC story. Kind yeah. of how did we open up APEC? It was completely random. For some reason, Denmark is a big uh, Aussie country. Mm. So lots of Australians are in Denmark. Lots of Danish people are in Australia. I don't know why. No. But for some reason, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it is known. Yeah. It is a true fact. <laughs> um And uh, since we were uh, from Denmark selling to the UK, which is not a big problem in Denmark because everyone speaks English yeah. kind of okay. And, and the UK is pretty forgiving with accents and something that the Danish accent is pretty charming apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, you know, it's not a problem, but we basically kind of hired, you know, English speaking reps. And then if there's someone that is actually from the UK or from Australia or the US, great. Mm. Right. So we had a couple of uh, Australians actually on the team. And then one of the guys was basically like, hey, mate, <laughs> I want to go back. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, too sad. You know, it's too, too bad. Sad to see you leave. Bye. It's like, <laughs> no, wait. Can I just work from there? Yeah. And this was pre-COVID, right? This was not a, uh, oh, okay, time zone is a bit of an issue. Mm. It's like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. That doesn't work. You know, companies like Deal and Remote, I don't know if they existed or not, no. but- You know, at least no one used them because they were sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're still probably sketchy, but everyone is using them. So really all of this goes hand in hand with like, well, you need to now open a, um, an incorporated in, um, in APAC in Australia. Yeah. I, think, I think we did use some kind of uh, office space. Like we work actually at the point in time. But basically what happened with that gentleman, and I was super against it. I was like, that's never going to work. Yeah. And, uh, and whenever he sees me, which is never at this point, <laughs> he's like, see, Tony, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's totally right about this. Um, but he basically flew down there, opened up shop like a mini office just for himself and started calling. Yeah. And, um, you know, getting processing the inbounds. And, yeah, yeah. And suddenly it go went from like one person yeah. to I think it's like 30 people or something like this now. It's like a... Or more even. Yeah, um, yeah. And he is still the guy. Yeah. He's, it's so funny. He's basically, I think he's almost the GM now. Yeah. Uh, kind of managing this region. Um, and, uh, you know, it started with, um, can I have an SDR? Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's the easiest thing you can ask of me. It's like, sure, have yeah. an SDR. One or two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's, uh, because he was originally actually an account manager. Yeah. Um, And it's like, okay, you know, I can handle those those customers, no problem. And someone was like, no, I, th I think I need a CSM now. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, <laughs> too much success. And then, you know, CSM, support. And suddenly we had then, you know, to your point, we had like global coverage in yeah. terms of support. We had support in basically every time zone. Mm. Um, 
Toyota was one of our biggest customers, and um, in Australia, it's fairly straightforward to find Japanese uh, speakers. So we yeah. kind of hired a, a Japanese-speaking spe- CSM slash support to cover Japan. Yeah, right from from that perspective. Um, and then this thing grew, and I think it was probably completely profitable. Yeah. Like from <laughs> yeah, from the beginning, from day one. Yeah, it was basically cash producing at that point. Yeah, and I also got to say another another addition here is that especially Australia. Um, they 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 feel like they're the the forgotten English speaking colony, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're um, like CS, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, and they they do appreciate it a lot when you have an office in 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 Australia. It's, yeah, usually it's going to be Sydney or Melbourne, but um, basically, if you have an office there, uh, that's like extremely highly appreciated from them. And I, you know, we, we chatted previously, you know, to this episode with a couple of folks here on the team and. No one has ever seen Australia go south, uh, meaning kind of, you know, that that expansion never working out. Mm. Uh, it's It always kind of works out. You can always make money in this market um, because the the competitive pieces, I don't know, for some reason it's not. But I think it's also, we so we talk, we joke sometimes around, well, UK is such a hard market mm-hmm. because every single American company who want to have a beachhead into Europe, yeah. that's where they start. Yeah. Great for taxes and blah, 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 blah. But it's kind of silly. You could choose... I don't know Belgium or some other obscure market. Eighty and million get, people. Yeah, was, what, yeah, five million. Yeah, people? yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just to say, you know, then it gets super bloody that market versus Australia is like, well, who want to move all the way down there and open up shop? But what we saw just from the marketing perspective was, well, not that many were running ads, so yeah. we could. It was cheaper. We yeah. could acquire leads cheaper for that gentleman down there. Great. Yeah. He could be on the web chat, so we had. 24-7 coverage rather than two-thirds of the day. Great, more leads and opportunities. and cost. So all these spillover effects started happening as well. No, it was great. Um, and um, and again, I think the APEC thing was super cheap, mm. super scrappy, but also very luck-dependent, right? Because you already had someone that grew up uh, in the mothership uh, that knew how things worked. Uh, he was an AE, then he was an AM. He worked super closely with the CSMs. Uh, he's also a switched-on guy that you know understood product. Yeah. Um, and he just wanted to go back, so there was no force. Yeah. You know, yeah. with the head of sales that was going to the US, it was like always a bit of a. I mean, it was a bit of a pain. Yeah. Uh, understandably so, because his wife basically kind of got pregnant in that time, yeah. and she wasn't there. She was in Denmark, and kind of that sucks for yeah. everyone, basically, right? And. And then him wanting to go home all the time. I mean, it totally makes sense. It's not, you know, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if you have the opposite force of like, no, I want to be there. Yeah. Um, and I know everything about this company. I, I and I want to build this, build up this market. That is fantastic. But it's also hard to replicate. It's like, oh, let's bank on that. Yeah. Um, so there were a couple of things kind of coming together that made it extremely successful. Super scrappy. And I think. Generally speaking, CAC payback-wise, I think Australia is much softer and nicer yeah. than to go to the US, right? I think yeah. when you do the US, you always need to realize that um, you do it for a strategic reason, yeah. which usually has to do with funding and with exit markets, because it's almost like, a, okay, if you can make it in the US, then you can probably be a big company. Yeah. If you make it in Australia, it's like... Okay, cool. Are you going to be Atlassian? I was like, yeah. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Not or sure. Or the other company out of Australia. Yeah. No, but uh, it's like, it's not proving anything. No. Right? You're not, you're not, oh, you know, a global player no, in, on, on your work uh, way to that. It's, you're, you're achieving something in Australia and that's nice for you, but there's no strategic value. Yeah. So there's one thing I kind of then want to circle back to because we've, 
we've kind of outlined some of the steps you can take to get there. We've talked a lot about the benefits. I just want to circle back to when is it actually the right time to consider moving out? Because you you talked about the TAM and blah, blah, blah. So how should the listener, if this is something they potentially want to recommend to a boss or they are the boss and want to think about this, what are kind of the, how should the stars be aligned? I think it needs to come from a place where you feel the end of the S-curve in this market is approaching. Mm. Um, or a version of that. Basically, okay, this is, you know, we figured this out, it's working out, but I couldn't just double the team right now, mm. right? Once once you start having those thoughts, um, I think then going somewhere else is usually kind of a good thing. And what we've learned, and, you know, tiny Denmark, um, we've been operating for five or six years, uh, or I don't know, less, um, and then we acquired a local competitor. Um, they had customers that we didn't even have in our CRM. Mm. I mean, it's like yeah, you you basically realize yes, it's a tiny market, but there's still plenty of room here. Yeah, um, and um, and that's why I'm saying it never truly is a TAM issue, but you start getting this creepy feeling of like if I doubled my team, I think we would run out of of space, right? Yeah. And you can do all kinds of uh, nice analysis with you know, sizing the TAM up, using a lot of statistical information. It's like you can do some of these things, but sometimes also a bit of a gut thing that comes out. Um, number one, obviously, you might need to prove something strategically and therefore you go to the US. Mm. Um, but number two, it's more like you want to create fertile ground to start a couple of new S-curves. That's yeah. basically how I'm seeing it, right? You want to go to Germany and UK and, and the US, obviously. Kind of those are markets that you want to establish yourself and once you have, you can scale into infinity there. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's nothing, there's nothing going to hold you back, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's it's almost a, a a necessary step for you to take. Now, if you're in the US, no, you don't actually have to do that. You can go IPO just yeah, selling yeah. domestically. There's no reason for you to you know expand internationally. If you look though into all of those public companies, uh, most of them go public with like 10% international yeah. business. And then over time, where's money coming from? It's international business, side, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And suddenly they have like 40, 50% of their revenues are sitting internationally. And that is, that is again, that's the S-curve that you can drive there suddenly. Yeah. Um, and um, when is the point in time specific? It's really, really hard to say, right? Yeah. Um, so that's why I would almost default back to, do you feel you can keep doubling your team? And if the answer is no, then it's probably time for a new market. Mm. There's one other story actually. Mm -hmm. uh, now that I'm thinking of this, um, and this was this was less so uh, mid-market motion, more an SMB motion. And um, what we did, or what we wanted to do, I, I'm I'm a bit fuzzy on my past here on this, but we basically created a scaled-down version of the product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't as robust and couldn't do all the bells and whistles, but you know, a, a very scaled-down version. And then we basically put this online. You could purchase online in every single market that we weren't currently covering, uh, which meant we could tap into global demand yeah. uh, super cheaply. And, um, and then we could use the data from that to figure out where do we have accidental product market fit? Mm. You know, where are people just clicking this thing, going through the, uh, the process, paying the money, and are happy and, you know, really like it. And then we could say like, oh, see there, Portugal works out great. Yeah. Or, you know, Middle East works out great. Um, why not double down there? Why not add some features? Why not, you know, I don't know, uh, mm. do some localization for them now and so forth. 
Um, so this is another scrappy way of how you can figure this out, where something works. It's very specific and usually more like a PLG yeah. motion where that works out. Um, but, um, you know, that's that's a great way to to also be scrappy about where, where to even expand, right? Yeah, because yeah. everyone is... Let's go through the United States. Yeah. Um, and um, and that sometimes, um, especially in those times, in current times, is maybe not the best way to do it. No. Okay. Wonderful. So we talked about being scrappy in opening up new markets. And I think we went through three little stories here. One is um, how we went from Denmark to the US mm -hmm. in a scrappy way. How we went from Denmark to Australia mm -hmm. in a scrappy way. And then lastly, how we went from Denmark to, you know, global to figure out where to yeah, double yeah. down on. That's it. That's it. So much energy with you today, man. I'm just wondering what the outro is going to be. That's it. That's all I'm Leave about. a review to help the cause. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, yeah. With those words, uh, no, I uh, hope this was helpful. Hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Mikkel. Thank you, everyone else. Have a good one. Bye-bye.